I'm basically just going to take the piss out of Justin for the next uh, hour. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that, that's what the podcast is all about. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that's what it's all about. Agenda. That questionnaire you filled out had nothing to do with what we're doing to talk oh, about. They're relevant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Vikram, welcome yeah, to the Codex of, society, of uh, Sovereignty. Uh, we're really excited to talk to you because of, um, well, for me personally, uh, your interest in Hindu philosophy. Like, I would love to understand, like, your, what you studied and your thoughts of, on unity and du uh, duality. And maybe through this discussion, uh, Justin and myself become better people, because that's what all this is about, right? Yeah. Well, how, how many hours have we got? <laughs> as long as you want to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll stop when the England match starts. No. <laughs> um, yeah, interesting. So... Um, well, I mean, we've spoken a lot about philosophy, right? So yeah. um, for me, my, I've grown up in the UK as a Hindu. And um, I think like one thing which you kind of see with like a lot of people who have grown up like outside of their home culture is you kind of uh, want to investigate your roots even more because you're not surrounded by it. So for me... I actually like became really interested in like what the hell where is where am I from and what is what is it that like the people uh uh or my people believe and all of that so although like my so like my dad's not particularly religious but my mum is uh my mum is quite religious but sort of ritualistic religious as opposed to necessary like uh she's not necessarily like delves deep into the philosophy so that was right. so whereas i was much more interested in like understanding like why are we doing all of this um okay so so i basically grew up like uh you know like in school i would go for sunday classes um for hinduism classes and things like that and then i would just read up on whatever books and things like my parents had at home um so my mom's a psychotherapist so she had loads of stuff on psychotherapy which for me seemed to link a lot as well with um uh, it, it like complemented it because it's like the study of the interior world which is basically what philosophy is doing as well like um who am i is the main question in philosophy so right. and um i think also like from what my mom said, like, as soon as I was born, I, like, popped out and my eyes are, like, wide open, going, like, where am I? What am I doing? So I think, I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, why, why am I here? Yeah. So, um, but I think that, yeah, for me, like, that's kind of what drives me anyway, still. It's just this, like, what the hell is going on? Like, what is this? Like, you know, I'm this thing with, like, five fingers on a hand and... Like, what is this? It's just so, when, uh, like, we can ignore all of this stuff very easily because we just go about our everyday lives and just do, you know, whatever, like, feed ourselves and make some money and walk around and, like, enjoy. But then when you actually, like, stop for even, like, five seconds and think, what the hell am I? Like, I'm not doing anything and I'm just breathing. And, like, I have this thing pumping in me pumping blood around my body and just keeping me alive for some reason. Like why? Right. <laughs> I don't, it doesn't make any sense. Like it doesn't, it's not something that we 
have any answers to. So, um, but, but even philosophy, even philosophy, like there is no actual conclusive answer in philosophy. It's just they're all con- it's all theories, um, which yeah. are really interesting. But like it, and, and that's why then for me, like the whole thing is so all of these things are yeah, taking us towards self-realization. To but we'll never get there. <laughs> Like it's like an asymptote. Uh, like you just get closer and closer and closer and closer, but you never actually reach self-realization. Um, suppose maybe, but uh, but then, but then I'm only saying that because I haven't. <laughs> so then, right. we, then we read up about you know like Ramana Maharshi or any of the other sort of uh, big guns. Uh, <laughs> who I suppose you know who are. Um, self-realize and you see them like acting and behaving and talking completely differently so but then you know we don't I don't have their subjective experience so I don't I don't actually know what that was for them so right. that's what yeah that's what interests me so self-realization I, I remember you saying like that that's probably the goal of life right become self-realized self-actualized and um, and, the, and the more the more years that go by, the more I realize that that is, uh, should be the goal of life, right? Because like you, I go through my daily life, going to work, doing this, doing that, right? And then, and then at some point, you, you start thinking to yourself, like, like you did, like, why, why am I doing this? Like, why am I even here? Like, what, what is the purpose of this, right? Beyond, you know, paying the rent, beyond going out with some friends, beyond having a good time, why are we all here, right? Mm. And, ha- and having experienced a couple of, like, um, uh, mild episodes of self-realization, I can tell you that's real. Like you can push yourself to expand beyond your, your regular consciousness, right? Mm. And, then, and once you do that, uh, it becomes the only game in town, right? Like everything else kind of pales in comparison to that. Yeah. Um, aside from, you know, like connecting to people um, and, and living like your truth and being authentic, right? Which means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But um, I just want to say self-realization is possible. Um, just keep meditating. Really. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, a good place to start for this conversation would be um, how, how you, Vikram, define self-realization and define consciousness and stuff. Yeah, good question. Yeah. So for me, I kind of partly take this from uh, one of the schools of thought of Hinduism. But so the like the real well the, the sort of like the uh, um the name hinduism would call itself is sanatan dharma which is eternal and universal law and basically it's trying to do the same thing as like modern science which is just saying like what is is there one thing one core truth which underpins everything in existence and that's like that's what tri- science is trying to do as well so for me uh it's like that that one thing which underpins everything like the cause of why everything exists like i would term self-realization like the understanding and the uh like subjective experience of that cause so for me that's what i would say like self-realization is and it might not even it might be like getting as close to that as you possibly can. Um, and then, 
consciousness, yeah, is uh, <laughs> it gets it gets tricky, I guess, because like you can so consciousness would be then um, the this the expression of that in something living but uh, yeah but like when i the more i read about these things um the more complex and confusing it gets because then it's like where does this end like where does consciousness end because we would i don't know like 150 years ago we might have said like from a scientific point of view like oh consciousness is just like yeah humans that's it <laughs> and they like, say oh, okay oh i mean humans and animals and you know, all anything that like you know follows like the what was it like the thing we learned in school like Mr. Gren or whatever like movement respiration all of that like yeah that's something living like that's conscious. But then it's like with quantum physics and all it's like well wait a minute like maybe are are atoms conscious? Maybe they are right. right. Like maybe there's intelligence there as well. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like from a uh, so that's yeah, that's my view. There's um, there's a uh, Russian scientist called Garyanov. I can send you some information on it, and he's done yeah. some um, incredible experiments to basically show that uh, consciousness starts at the quantum level and kind yeah. of descends into the physical. And he refers to things such as uh, supergenes, which means which um, define the entire blueprints of a species an individual but it's at the quantum level right it's 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 basically in life photons and there's mm -hmm. waves and these waves material like materialize at certain points and and also when you materialize into this physical world your dna is still interacting with these quantum waves right and, mm -hmm. and the and the brilliance about this is just by focusing your thoughts and your intent in a strong manner you can you can interact with ways of slightly different frequency that will alter your dna and yeah. significantly alter your life so there, there's a lot of amazing scientific information that's coming available like on the internet yeah um, but the whole premise is consciousness starts like at the dimension above us what you call it the quantum the fourth dimension and then it seeps into this dimension yeah and in most of like in our consciousness evidently it's not with within us like the body is more like a, a radio transmitter right mm -hmm. that picks up the frequency of our consciousness and our consciousness mm -hmm. kind of um expresses through that uh, so anyway I, I can send you some of this information if you want to like look into yeah yeah that would be awesome. yeah, yeah. It's fascinating that, yeah and then like yeah so like things like quantum entanglement and stuff like that like yeah. where yeah, where like yeah, you poke one thing here and then it moves in like some other planet, right? And, yeah. So that then, is, yeah. yeah. So like, where's the? How is that happening? Um, and then yeah, like neuroscience has been looking for consciousness in our brains. But we were just, yeah. we were just talking about that. Yeah. 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 Stupidity of that. <laughs> hey. yeah. But but it's like it's one theory. It's it's like one theory, and then it's like but it's but it's because like the it's because science as it is right now is like uh it's materialistic exactly it's materialistic reductionist worldview so 
that's that's fine like that's one world view but then like the good thing the, the thing with science is like if the like um it should fully converge with like uh, a lot of spiritual thought at some point if if they if if like science is actually followed according to the scientific method which is basically like i don't know let me do something to try and work out how this works um but then if it if if like you stick to a materialistic reductionistic worldview well that's not actual science anyway because that's basically like saying this is what I think the answer is. It's going to be, it's going to be materialistic. That spirituality is irrelevant. So I'm only going to look at that stuff. Exactly. When when you start looking at the bigger picture, it's like you you realize how minuscule that the physical reality or the material actually is compared compared to um, the spiritual side or the the conscious side of it. Where yeah. um, where all this stuff is happening, and, and this is just like one percent rep- representation of what what is happening, like what you're actually seeing. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. It, it really puts things into perspective, but um, but that's that's kind of like what Anthony and I were talking about with the with the you know looking for consciousness in the brain, yeah. as if like it's it's creating that is just like it's it's almost it's almost like embarrassing after like you start digging into this stuff that it, it it's like a, it's like a witch doctor from like in the middle of the Amazon like taking a radio and trying to find little people in it playing the music. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and there's so, so much there's so much evidence as well for uh yeah like i mean there's there's um it's just like that's well i was reading this stuff about i saw i'm reading sapiens at the moment I, have you guys read it i've heard of it but i haven't read it it's, it's really good it's insane um uh but then like um so one of the bits that i was on right now like it, it's a really powerful book to question your thinking even further um also because he looks into history and i mean it was basically a history of humanity um and uh he kind of like integrates the material with like the the cultural and the like the the thought process of the world so like the interior world of humanity as it's been going on so for example like right now we're at a point where it's like um um uh, you know, like a lot of people are becoming vegetarian, for example, and like we actually have a concern about animals and uh, how the way they're treated, um, like because we actually accept them as being like subjective, but we we having a subjective experience, so yeah. we're concerned about it. And um, but it's like um, uh, whereas before we didn't, we just kind of viewed them as machines. But then before that, it's like. Uh, um, you know, when we had like the slave trade, it was like, well, basically like uh, the slaves were viewed as like, we're, we're not interested in their subjective experience. Like we don't think about that. We just view them as machines. So it's like you constant, like it's just like a constant expansion of well, consciousness or like what we, or even just like thought, our worldview. So um, that, like, I think that's the same thing which is happening, which is that, it's like you start off with this like really simple idea that yeah everything is material um and then um well actually like yeah like even so originally where like you would have like animist religions and things where um they basically saw like everything as having the, its own individual spirit um and then that's like got completely lost because we moved from that to like 
the all-powerful God. Um, and then from there, we move to science. It's like basically like the new religion. Um, Very like much so, yeah. Basically saying like, well, no, actually our God is like just matter. It's, it's, I think the, the, the biggest example in my mind of, of how dogmatic uh, institutionalized science has gotten is how they just, they just name things and then they just go, okay, it's named, therefore, like, we don't have to dive deeper into it. So, like, yeah. a good example of this is dark, dark matter uh, and dark energy, which represents 95% of everything in our u- universe that they can mm-hmm. measure. And, and yet they, they name it dark matter and dark energy. And then they're like, we don't know anything about this stuff, but we named it. And therefore, basically, people think, oh, well, they named it. So they know that so it's something. Must, yeah, must, exactly. They must have it all understood. And yeah, but we don't like know what the hell it is. 95% of the, of the physics, the, you know, the, you know, they yeah. just... They, and it's just like it's like so so you guys are really only you really only know a, a little bit about five percent of the universe and it's like yeah. like you guys are doing something wrong dude. and and like you you say that on any you make any comment like that that, that there's some issue there and you get your head ripped off just yeah. like as if you went into a church and said hey that you know god's not real which i would never do but it's like <laughs> it's just an example you know yeah. you, you get your head ripped off there too yeah and then and then for example like um even spirituality, like what we think of as spirituality, it might just be like level two after matter, right? So, because then, yeah, there's the whole concept of like all the different realms, like astral and causal plane and all of that. But it's like, we don't know any, like we don't, we don't know what's beyond any of this stuff. Um, yeah, it's so like, even it's the, like, we're, it's like we're trying to, it's like we're stuck on like level one and there's probably like a thousand levels and we're just like arguing to get to like, well, at least consider level two. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's like people, you know, you see the people arguing about first cause, like, like, you know, was it God? Was it, you know, what that created the Big Bang? You know, the thing that set it off, you know, that, that first thing. But yeah. then no one stops and says, well, what's well, what the thing pre- that they did before yeah. that? And before that? And before yeah. And it's like, it, it's like, it, that's where it all stops. And it's just like, yeah. so, I, so that, that kind of leads back to the, the consciousness de- uh, definition of the expansion of it is, is yeah. to make these realizations that there are levels to this, that this is clearly, uh, we clearly call this a universe because it's like a university. It's like a, a, a school designed to teach us how to expand our consciousness and stuff. And, uh, yeah. The, the other thing, which like the irony of all of this is that like so much of our like modern developments, so, like just from anything like electricity and like the ability, like a computer, like how, um, nuclear physics like all of these things like the 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 like theoretical basis of it all is outside of uh or it it requires you to go outside of like the small box of your current thinking um mm-hmm. and they and it's like use it so for, like i mean if you look at like nikola tesla and our einstein stuff like so much of their thought process was like non-physical and non-material. Like it was way beyond mm-hmm. that level, right? Like um, um, because other, and, and you could argue that basically like without them thinking of non-material, non-physical um, uh, concepts, there's no chance they could have come up with these things of like electricity and, you know, uh, like, you know, theory of relativity and all of that stuff. So, yeah. um um, but the irony is like once we've we've come up with like okay here's electricity and here's all the physical ways we can use it but but then we're not looking at like how do you apply all of these things internally and like from the subjective view like 
is there some subjective equivalent of this and like a subjective uh, evolution as opposed to just a material evolution because we're making we've made some massive progress in the material evolution and that's that's the thing like i don't feel like we're in a worse off place than we were like a lot of people feel like oh yeah it was we were it was a much better like world uh i don't know what 200 years ago or like whatever like like the con the concept of, in hinduism of there's uh, like different ages so there's like um satyug like the the, the, the age of truth yeah and then it moves on to like uh, kalyug which is like the dark ages so you know um is that, is, is that the age that we're in right now supposedly yeah um <laughs> but then but then but then that's the thing like um that's from like a spiritual perspective but um but actually, if you look at it, like we're in a much better, we are in a much better like material world right now. So I don't, I, I feel like it's not, we're not, it's not, a, we haven't had like a, we haven't like degenerated. <laughs> we have evolved, but it's that um, we've evolved so f much further on a material level than we have on a spiritual level or a consciousness or an internal experience level so we haven't investigated that anywhere near as much as we could but we've investigated like how do you apply all of these new findings uh, materially so that's like we could we could potentially like um i mean all, all of the con all of the sort of findings of neuroscience and whatever like neuroplasticity and like we used to think that basically our brain you know like our brains were just fixed after we reached adulthood and that's it. Like you can't learn anything else. But it's completely not true. Like you can learn so much more, um, and you can completely like rewire your brain, and uh, uh, to the point where like you know, if you could be like a hundred years old, and as long as you don't have like Alzheimer's or something, where you've actually got like the degenerative thing, like something can happen. But like that's still on a physical level. Like that's still like that's like an incredible finding on a physical level. Like what about the whole? non-physical side of it um we still we don't really know that and that's the whole point of like that's that's some of the stuff we get from um uh well religions and and then if you think about the fact that like these investigations um a lot of it has been is from like you know 500 to like two three four thousand years ago like we can do a way better job now, like with all the physical knowledge and the new theories and stuff we have to like investigate some stuff and add to whatever like ancient Egyptians or like ancient uh, Indians came up and wrote down in the Vedas like 2000 years ago. So, but that, that's also why then I really like um, the, so in, in Hinduism or in, in uh, like a part of Hindu philosophy, uh, the concept is that like God is not out there. God is like God is in everything. Like God, which is also like needs definition because it's got so many different things. But uh, like, yeah. so if I if I ignore the word God and just come back to like consciousness and whatever the cause, like that's in everything. It has to be because we're we're all made of the same uh, essence. So, um, uh, yeah, so one of the one yeah. of the, the fundamental things that you, you first learn pretty early on, if you're going to get this stuff, is is the, the concept of as above, so below. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's where you always see a lot of those statues, someone has a hand up and their hand down, they're representing yeah. that. Whatever's happening up there is happening down there. That's represented by fractals. 
I think a better way to think about as above, so below is, um, is as, uh, as without, so within, and so within yeah. as without, because, um, because that's really how it's meant, meant to be perceived. So what you're saying with the, uh, your inner world is basically the, the representation of the outer world. So you can really dissect what's going, that dissect's not a great term, but uh, really understand what's going on introspectively. And then by doing that, you would understand the, the outer world better. Um, yeah. yeah. That's, that's my two cents about that. Yeah. So, so even like, so that, that whole thing, like when, so um, like, uh, so when you look at someone like Ramana Maharshi, for example, um, who you know who was only alive like he's been alive in the last hundred years, um, and so um, the the point of that is that you like you can have a direct experience of uh, God or self-realization um, now. So we don't need to rely on books of which are writing down people's experiences from a thousand years ago or even 200 years ago or even 50 years ago. Like the, the, the whole point of that is like if this man in the last hundred years could do this uh, uh, and, and, exper- and uh, experience what he's experiencing, we can do the same. And that, that's the whole point of that, that you, you are God, you're divine and you have the direct connection. Um, which is uh, well, like an Abrahamic faith, essentially, and and also like not not just Abrahamic faith, but like the I guess like the uh, the like religious kind of uh, um, hierarchy wants you to f- go through a middleman because well, yeah. that's how they keep themselves alive. But it's it's irrelevant. <laughs> like, it, ma- it makes no sense um, because like how the, how did this person end up as a middleman? It's like the big bang thing. Like if you're the middleman, then there was something that caused you to be the middleman. But then I can also become, I, if I experience the same cause, then can't I just have that position as well? So, it's like, so actually, so, so you put all that out in the window and focus on, well, how do you, how do you become self-realized? Yeah. Um, it, it, it's funny when you, when you try to tell other people, you know, hey, you're God. Like it's such like a to me that'd be like somebody says, hey, you're God. You know, it's like yeah. that'd be amazing. Like I would be so happy that somebody would say that. But then you go and you tell some random person, no, you're actually God. God is within you. You are God. And yeah. they look at you like, like, no, I'm not. That's that's messed up, man. And you're like, you're like this should be the most empowering thing ever. Yeah. And, and we've been taught that like you you should never accept that. Yeah, and and that's yeah. So it comes back to like questioning things again because. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, you can be taught if you're yeah you're taught you're taught something and then it conditions you to think that way and it and then again if you bring like the neuroplasticity stuff it actually like changes the way you think yeah. um, and then you have to f- you have to deliberately get out of that mode of thinking uh, to change yeah so that so that you can be much more um, inquisitive and actually see like how try and get closer to seeing how the world actually might be or is, which is, which then is really also confusing because is the world how you see it or is the world something in absolute terms, which you're trying to see? I think that there are, there are truths in this universe, but at the same time, there's, um, it's a universe of consciousness. It's a universe, uh, it's a participatory universe, and that's a scientific term. 
that basically means that if you go with the intent of finding the smallest particle of matter, you're the, the actual act of you looking for it, the universe yeah. will create it, right? So the universe is ever expanding and your consciousness plays a part in that, right? So it's both. There, there's certain absolute truths, but at the same time, you're creating this reality that, that we're in because it's not real, right? None of this, like from the Hindu philosophy of Maya or whatever, all of this is um, a projection. It's not physically real, right? There's enough studies to prove that. And that's why it's so malleable and you can, you can interact with that. Um, but one thing I, I would like to say is that once you get into the spiritual and you have some like experiences of self-realization, you do go through that, um, the dark night of the soul because all of a sudden everything that you believed is true, the materialistic world starts fading away, right? And when that happens, you go through a, a spiritual and emotional and physical crisis because all of a sudden you're on shaky ground. You have nothing to hold on to. You don't have um, a true north anymore, right? And and I think that's why a lot of people in the past have had the the teacher, the guru, to kind of walk mm -hmm. them through that because when you when you go through that, it's difficult going through it yourself. Um, and an example of that that, that uh, science has shown now, going back to uh, the scientist Gary Garyanov. He took a sealed tube of water, simple water, right? Put electrical coil around it and started sending in different frequencies into the water. And at one point, DNA started building inside that sealed tube. DNA, which is the beginning of life, right? Mm. So how the hell does that happen? Mm. Like for the materialistic view of, world, of the world, that should never occur. Like, and it, and it was so outrageous to other scientists that uh, they told them that you must be doctoring up these results, and they threw him out of the, the university. He was, uh, he was teaching at uh, Moscow University. It yeah, so, which is yeah, it was so foreign to the way they think that they negated it and said, you must be a charlatan, right? Mm. But what, it, what he ended up proving was um, thesis is <clears throat> that – the fourth dimension interacts with the third, and the fourth is where all the knowledge is, and it kind of disseminates into the third, and like we were talking about, the quantum. And it's there that everything interacts with this world, but that interaction we are not, we cannot perceive, right? So, so the materialistic world just sees, like, focuses on, on what we can see, when we, uh, what we can see, but really there's this other quantum world that's controlling everything and interacting with everything that we're completely ignoring so there's mm -hmm. no way we can understand what's looking like what's happening here like the classic example is imagine yourself in a cave you're looking at the wall of the cave there's all this stuff going on behind you yeah and all you are all you are left to look at is shadows on the wall and you're trying to make sense of reality what's behind you by looking at the shadows on the wall right plato's cave yeah yeah exactly yeah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And, and that's why, unless you have the actual experience of self-realization, or at least a few steps along the way, reading books is good, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't allow you to look around and, and see what's happening behind you. Yeah. 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 So I guess the big, the big question is, how do you become self-realized? Like, I guess there's the traditional path of finding a guru, and then there's the other path. And actually, Justin, you, you've, you've seemed to come a long way in finding, finding your own path, right? Maybe you can talk, yeah. maybe you can talk a little bit about that. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, you get kind of lucky, uh, with lucky. Or unlucky. and it's, it's the same thing with, with gurus and stuff. Like, like you know, you, you get one, one, you know, bad guru and like you, you're, you can really mess your brain up. And yeah. I was always very aware of that, but, um, so I always, you know, I always lean towards, um, ancient scriptures, Gnosticism. Um, I basically wanted to get to a point where like, like there, there was no, like, like I didn't, I wouldn't actually like understand anything truly, but like, I would just know it, which is, you know, the, the, basically the definition of gnosis where like, you know, you just like, like, I don't know, I just stuck my hand up and then like a bat swings and, and hit and hits your hand as, as opposed to smashing into my face, something like that. Um, we're, we're just things that, you know, it, uh, you know, synchronicities and stuff like that. And, uh, looking into your dreams and, um, and seeing, getting information from there and, and then suddenly realizing that like, like you can kind of start breaking down what we call like this matrix just by like, like basic synchronicities, basic like coincidences that happen in your life or, um, one of the crazier things that, that I started doing was, is, um, I would take magazines and this is what David Bowie did to make uh, songs. He would take magazines, cut out the, the words of the magazines, throw them into a big pile, each word separate. And he would just pick out words at random mm. and, and he would structure them with these random words and structure sentences out of them. And this is how he wrote songs. And I was like, I got to try that. And you put these words together and like, you make like poetry from random words. And then you're like, you're like, wait a second. Like, like this is there, there's nothing to this like it's it's all just it, it, it like the the coincidences are just so ridiculous that like you just have to trust this trust the system and, mm. and not fight it and just go with the flow and then and then things weird things just start happening like um uh so that, that's kind of where, where i'm at with my stuff and you know i always had i always had like a, a very good structure because of gnosticism and, and natural law and and under and understanding logic and common sense and stuff like that and when you start applying that, that those basic like understandings um, to the subjective reality, then you start really making some major breakthroughs and you start realizing that no matter how physical things are, it's still subjective. Like it, the, um, basically uh, the principle of polarity says that everything is, is in degrees. Everything's the same thing. Um, so like, for example, you know, you have consciousness and consciousness can be expanded through, through love and, uh, creation and manifestation and stuff like that, or it can be shrunk by fear and confusion and um, control and uh, and stuff like that. And um, but it's all the same iteration of the same thing, which is consciousness. And, and you can do that with with pretty much everything. But um, they, I mean, that's kind of like where you you fall down these rabbit holes, and next thing you know, you're you know you're reading texts that were like thousand year old texts. Um, and, and when you read like history that, that people re re wrote recently, you, you look at it and you're like, you're like, man, the agendas of, of historians who, cause what you have with historians is, uh, you know, they, they just love their country so much. Cause that's how they got into history. They're like, man, I love America. You see with the British people and most actually Vikram, <laughs> these people love their country and they will do anything to say, Hey, yeah, you know, we did some weird things in, in South America and India and, uh, but, you know, look at all the good stuff we did. And then they, they just focus on the good. And it's just like, it's like, man, that is not what happened there. <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway, so 
just just kind of getting like a whole lot of different perspectives and, and taking them with an open mind basically uh, but i never really i never really liked the feeling of, of somebody telling me because i i know that like when when you really truly trust somebody and they tell you something it goes into your your subjective sub, subconscious and then and then it becomes your reality and, mm. and if there's like a, a hint of you know them being the god and you not being the god you, you really put yourself into a really bad mm. position mm. Yeah, what you said about Gnosticism, that was interesting because um, I'd say like uh, kind of my, like my view or my automatically what I've been trying to uh, get to um, and probably what my just like inherent worldview has been is that, oh, I need to get to the truth first and then I'll then I'll be able to live better because I won't. I won't need to learn anything. I won't need to do or know anything. Like it'll just be, um, it'll just be like, I just need to tap into that, you know, uh, you just knowledge need to know the, source. The rules of the game. Yeah. Because like, yeah. there's like, you know, seven or eight things that if you know these seven or eight things, everything just starts making a little bit more sense. And, and that's kind of the reason why I brought that up is exactly what I'm working on is, uh, is just, what is like that? I yeah we don't need to know like you know I it's nothing that needs to get super deep or metaphysical or anything it's just it's just when you when you open the the chessboard right you got to know how the pieces move first mm. and it's, if you treat this universe exactly. as, as a game or yeah. you know, as you know they call it the what they call it now like a virtual reality simulation you have to know how the pieces move before you can even possibly know how to exist and that that's where my focus has been so that's why yeah. i'm looking at it right now and so exactly the point right so so then so that so how do we bring up like kids like what the hell would what do we learn in school we we learn we don't learn any i mean even forget about like the spiritual side you don't even learn anything about like how to manage your emotions like you don't even learn anything on the psychological side not even right. spiritual like we don't get anywhere near close to that yeah so, even for example, like parenting, like how many parents say like, oh yeah, well, you know, uh, yeah, we, we all make mistakes because, you know, we're like, well, nobody taught us how to parent. It's like, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Why the hell didn't anyone teach you? Like, why don't we teach each other this? Like, it makes no sense. Like something which is like, there's, we give birth to people all the time and yet we don't teach them, uh, we, we don't teach them like, you know, you know the, the the great poison was was that um, uh, you had morality for for thousands of years, and that's kind of like what what saved humanity, in my opinion. Was there was you know there is this truth to what is right and what is wrong, and um, the whole thing with the the rules of the game, the stuff that I'm working on, is um, the immediate thing that people say when when I say something like that is, is whose rules, who's yeah. defining these rules? It's like as if they're thinking I'm defining the rules. But I'm not. This is coming straight from the universe. And, um, you know, one just very simple rule, just to put it into perspective, is the principle of vibration. Everything vibrates and oscillates. And that has been scientifically proven for hundreds of years. Um, But when they were talking about it a thousand years ago, um, it was not proven. It's like, one, how do they know that? But two, um, hey, we have a truth. Now now we can work off of something. Everything everything moves. So we could get rid of that that whole, uh, you know, in science class, the solid, liquid, and gas because you hear a solid and you're like oh that thing unmovable yeah it can't um and then it makes you realize like how this how how physicality works because it's just this desk is vibrating at a different um or oscillating 
differently than, than what my hand is. So I'll never be able to actually touch this desk, even though I'm smashing yeah. against it. Yeah. Uh, but just, yeah, little things like that, but uh, continue on what, what you're talking about. <laughs> Jumped off into uh, what I've been working on. <laughs> well, yeah, so, no, but it's exactly what you're saying. So, so, um, so I'm like very, uh, like um, one of, one of the, like when I talk about like the Sunday school Hinduism classes and stuff when I was a kid. So one of the first sort of uh, people I was exposed to in terms of like their philosophy and I read up a lot about it was Swami Vivekanand who, uh, I don't know if you heard of him, but uh, like he essentially, he was like, was uh, like, uh, and uh, 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 he followed um, Sri Ramakrishna um, who, uh, who, realized god in diff a few different uh hindu sects islam and christianity as well so he kind of was like someone who brought everything together like uh um because he, yeah and sort of showed that well actually there is only one truth like even these religions like yeah if you just if you follow that path of that religion it's going to take you to the same thing um but anyway the the quote that I, from Swami Vivekanand that um uh links in with all of this which which influenced my thinking a lot as well was um if if i was to live again i would first i would first uh, learn how to build a perfect mind and then acquire knowledge at will mm. yes so, uh, that's the point right so why are we why go about trying to like acquire knowledge and perform tasks when you haven't worked out how to acquire knowledge and perform tasks that's in that's, the most I mean, perfect way you're literally describing what what this painting is um because up there is is you know the subject like complete subjectiveness like uh uh above our our pay grade basically and in between here is our mind and it's just a painting just to describe that in the, the center is is the rainbow road or the bifrost and that's our corpus callosum and then in between is the left and right hemisphere of the brain um so that's literally all I focus on is like, you know, and people tell me they're, they're like, like, man, you're just, you just, you've gotten really good at, at communicating what, like what you're trying to say. Like, like I would wish people would just listen to me when I spoke. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I'm like, that's the first thing you, you can't get anyone to listen to anything that you're saying. They have to come to their own realization. That's all that your words can do. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, that, I mean, that's four or five hours of my day is like, how does this thing work? Yeah. How do I make this thing work at streamlined? And for the most part, 99% of it, to be, to be totally honest, is deprogramming. Is everything that we've learned, everything that we see in TV and stuff and, mm -hmm. and movies, is just like, you have to get all of that out. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and, and so that's, yeah, so, so the, okay, so then it comes to the, like the conspiracy theory type stuff, but it's not really, because it's quite I'm not, clear. I, we don't even, go there. Yeah, but it's not even conspiracy theories. It's quite, just quite, plain and straightforward that like yeah well so we have a we have an industrialized world where they require factory workers and you don't want disability people to do stuff so you create a system where that's what they do so have i lost you guys we can still hear you but uh you're not moving and and yeah. don't worry you're, you're you're not frozen and your face doesn't look funny in the freeze <laughs> oh there you go oh uh, yeah, see, as soon as I told I told my conspiracy there is boom. It's the, <laughs> they they, they came off. after you, man. <laughs> I don't know where, the, where did where did you guys hear up to? 
<laughs> we actually heard everything. You, okay. just, you just froze for a second. Okay, cool, cool. All right. Well, yeah, so, so exactly, right? So um, it comes to that thing, like what you were saying about, so who makes the rules? Well, if it's the, if it's the elite who are running the uh, whatever, like who have the capital and therefore the influence over the education system, um, then, well, they create an education system which is going to support their own interests, which is build factory workers. Um, oh, okay, and now factories turn into offices. Okay, build office workers. And then it's like, yeah, but at some point somewhere, like how do you, you have to, either you have to make the choice yourself to decondition yourself, um, but that's it, like how do you even, like you, something has to have triggered you to get to that point, or you have to be innately like, very inquisitive which is why it's quite difficult for that to happen to like a lot of people because um by definition because like you're all being everyone's being conditioned in a very different way until it becomes so frustrating like there's a massive um there's a massive just uh, like a, uh, it doesn't fit with anymore with like how the world is which is kind of where we are right now that we've got so many things which are going against the current like setup um that individual people without necessarily like much um pushing are already questioning so much of what's going on anyway and also we're just like way more exposed to you know we we, we have access to way more information than before so it's the information can travel faster and all that so um so that's a good sign for self-realization because it means we uh, we can decondition ourselves faster and then figure out like what the principles are and move towards them. But, um, but what are the principles <laughs> and how do we move towards them? <laughs> uh, the it, um, for me, uh, I mean, I guess it'd be a good, good thing. So what, I mean, you started at a pretty young age um, in terms of, of starting to question things. Um, yeah. I guess since for me it was totally different. Like it was maybe two or three years ago when when I had my like like got punched in the face and realized that truth is a bludgeon it, and it and it and it hits you hard. And just to, do you do you accept getting the the senselessness knocked out of you um, or not? That's the only that's your choice. But um, but for you since you were younger, did did you have any aha moments or um, you know what you know our community calls you know awakenings or, or anything where where you just go like whoa there's there's something deeper here or was it more of a gradual thing for you um i i just feel like i've always i've always thought that i've always thought like what what the hell is going on like um i mean i've gone along with it because you kind of have to <laughs> um, but you, i mean you don't have to but um there's a I mean, so, so to the point where like, you know, when I was like 11 years old, and this was quite a regular occurrence, but like there was one point I particularly remember when I was like 11 years old and I was like during exam period. So that's probably why, but uh, I'm standing like in, in uh, like my mum's my, my lying in bed and I'm standing there. I've like just brought her tea or something. And like, and I'm standing there and I'm like, wait a minute, why exactly are you sending me to school? to do these stupid exams, to learn this stuff, which is completely irrelevant, when I already, when like you are telling me and you're sending me to Sunday classes, which is also telling me that the purpose of, purpose of life is self-realization. And 
So why am I doing this stuff which has nothing to do with self-realization? It's completely like abstract and irrelevant. And yet you're making me do all of this stuff. And then my mom's like, you have to be in society. And so to be in society, you need to do this. And I was like, yeah, but then I have no time. Like, I don't have enough time to focus on like, what, like forget all of this. We know that the purpose is self-realization. So shouldn't I spend all my time doing this? And then, so my mom said like what her Guruji said to her, which was um, that it's, it's very easy to go off into a cave and separate yourself from society. It's much harder. And that's where the challenge lies to stay in society and, and follow the path of self-realization. So it's that whole thing of the lotus flower, which is quite a, um, I think, common kind of uh, analogy of like the lotus flower grows in mud. Like the mud is not bad for the lotus flower. It grows in the mud. Like, but the mud, but you never see the lotus flower with mud on it because it grows through the mud and it lies, sits on the top of it. And you have this beautiful flower which has come out of the mud. And so that's the, so then, so that's the whole thing. Like you said, like the truth bludgeons you, right? So like you come out of the, the battle and you need the battle in a way. So, um, but for me, it's just like this constant battle, like um, to where sometimes, you know, like one thing wins and the other one, sometimes the other one wins. Sometimes it's just like, screw it. I'm just going to focus on, getting drunk every weekend because it's fun and like, uh, or I'm just going to focus on like, well, I mean, the, the, but the, like the, the thing is that, you know, even when I took, I took my one year off work and like with zero intention of uh, um, necessarily like uh, going back, but then um, like financial distress is real. So <laughs> I mean, I could, and this is this comes back to the point of like if i had spent a lot of time focusing on you know building the perfect tool then maybe financial distress wouldn't be real but i haven't done that so so yeah. it's that whole thing right so like you um yeah there's a way to decondition ourselves so but if you haven't fully deconditioned yourself you're still partly conditioned which so Hold it's all, completely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, the cool thing that I, um, I always talk about it, you know, one of my biggest mistakes was, um, jumping down, like call pretty much what you said about the Lotus flowers, jumping down the rabbit hole. Um, what they don't talk, tell you about is when you go down the rabbit hole, you gotta come back and they never say that. Yeah. Um, and, and so when you're down there, you know, and, and you go, man, this thing is so deep. And then, and then you keep going down and you keep going down and then you look up to tell somebody about it. And you're like, you're man, so I don't even far. see the top, you know? <laughs> and, <laughs> and even if you, even if you could see the top, they couldn't even be able to hear they you. Won't hear you. Yeah. You're so far off. Right. So like you will say something and it just like completely goes over the head because you're at a level like 500 and they're still thinking about like, what do I have for lunch tomorrow? And then, and then they, that's the snap back to reality is, is when you say something, you know, just like, Hey, some, some shady, you know, Eminem has some great, great lines that that's one of the snap back to reality. But, um, um, you say something and they look at you like the fuck did he just say? And, and but you said like a, a very basic truthy thing and you're, you're like, Oh crap, I got to get, you know, let's talk yeah. about, let's talk yeah. about celebrities or something. You have to speak, <laughs> you have um, to speak to people where they are, not where, where you, are. yeah, where you are. Yeah. And, and, 
Yeah, that and that's one of the, the biggest, you know, I, I think that, that that's a big deal. And it's awesome because it, it, it helps you structure what's going on inside your head to a point that makes sense to this, to this reality, to this matrix. And when you're able to do that, then you can, then you start being able to just basically, I mean, I, I, I hate using the term, but like manifest money. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I, you know, you, you have to, you have to align it to, to basically how, how this matrix works, which is currency based. Yeah. So, um, let's just run on the currency. Yeah. Um, I was going to say that I think another part of that is the currency becomes less relevant. Like, because you're, it's because it, for me, it was like, I hadn't run out of money. It was just in my mind. It's a psychological thing of like, yeah, where is it going to come from? Like in six months or two months or whatever, uh, I'm going to be in a difficult position. So where's it going to come from? So it's like, you start, I start, you start acting on something um, beforehand, which is like a logical thing anyway, like, but it's rooted in, I need to know, not in, I'm comfortable with the unknown, which is another thing we're conditioned in. Like yeah. you need to know, we need to know, but it's like, but that's also the antithesis of science. Science is built on, I don't know. And therefore I want to try and find out. So we're coming back to your whole thing about the water thing, uh, Anthony, which you said about, you know, where the, the, the other scientists like said, this guy is a charlatan. It's like, well, that, that's again, like the, it's a, that's an anti-scientific response. An actual yeah. scientific response is, Oh, fascinating. How the hell did that happen? Let's show me the work evidence. With yeah. yeah. Show yeah. me the evidence. Let's work it out. This is why, like, I think like the whole debate between like science and spirituality, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a debate in practice, but it's in like, in principle, there should no, there's, there's no uh, disconnect between science and spirituality. Well, there, should, there shouldn't be, but there is. Yeah, and, it, and, and it goes back is, to the fact yeah. that, that they, they just hold on with the death grip to that view of materialism. Right. And exactly. so they let go of that and, and embrace the entire universe the two cannot come together, but scientists yeah. are doing that, right? It's they just, are. Yeah, they're exactly. on the fringe. They're on the fringe. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's just slowly pushing in. Yeah. So, um, and, that, and that's why like, yeah, that's why like when you read stuff of like Roger Penrose or, um, yeah, Tesla, Einstein, like anyone who's actually like worked with this stuff, like they have the most, like literally their quotes could have come from the Bible or the Vedas because this, I mean, I think it was Nikola Tesla who said that, um, like, if you want to understand the secret of the universe, you need to think in terms of waves and frequency. Right. Uh, frequency, waves, vibration. Yes. Yeah, frequency, like that, yeah. waves, vibration. Yeah. So, um, so the the point is, like, yeah, yeah. You use like that's the knowledge which has helped us to build a bloody computer and like you know um, harness electricity. So. There's a hell of a lot of value in that thinking, but um, a lot. There's a physicist called Nissan Harriman, which who has a lot of um, has had a lot of publicity. Has books. He's pretty well famous. And his quote about Tesla was that if, if Tesla's inventions were allowed to flourish, we'd be riding among the stars right now. But mm. a lot of the stuff was suppressed for different reasons. More, more, mostly around commercialism, right? Right. So, so that, that's uh, something that links in with like sapiens, which is where basically you're saying that three things went hand in hand, like the scientific revolution, 
uh, imperialism and capitalism because basically um, the like so the scientists need funding uh, to do their work right yeah. and then um, uh, and the funding comes from someone who has enough funds and has like a, a purpose to fund this work so so you end up with like you know funding you know uh, um, uh, research into nuclear physics because you want to build better weapons to fight someone so so that's like they're all linked so it's like um because like if you don't have a clear purpose of why you want something then you're not going to bother to try and garner the funds to go and fund this research and right. then you can't actually sustain any scientific research which requires so much which requires labs and experiments and years of work without any fruits so it's like they all go hand in hand so um well, and that's where it then gets complicated because it's like we yeah, got coming back to the thing of like you know like what you were saying justin about well yeah looking at the good bits and the bad bits of history um it might not even be possible to separate things into good and bad because the it's just like this is where we are right now and the fact that like we have nuclear power plants is hand in hand with the fact that we have an atomic bomb like if we if if work wasn't done to try and figure out an atomic weapon then we may not have also got nuclear power plants in the process so it's like but and this and and then it's like yeah when you like einstein and um you know it's like they some of them also the inventors of like these destructive weapons uh, obviously some of them actually knew what they were doing and wanted to do that but then some of them like einstein weren't happy with like the use of it um or like for example um alfred nobel like the whole reason he made the uh the nobel prizes was because he read an obituary of himself when he uh, um which basically um uh was all negative because it said of how he you know was the he facilitated the invention of all of these destructive weapons and so then he said i have to come uh, i don't know if you know the story but um he facilitated yeah. so basically yeah so he uh, i can't remember exactly what, what what it was but um it might have even been the atomic bomb I can't, uh, but so he, he invented uh, uh, some like destructive weapons. His brother passed away, but the but journalists uh, got it wrong and thought he passed away. So they wrote an obituary about him, oh, and then he read the obituary about himself, and it was so negative and said how he had you know uh, paved the way for so much destruction in the world that he then started to feel. bad and how does he correct this like he didn't want to be remembered for that so then he created the the, the piece you know about the the nobel prizes so okay yeah i i think that's a a good example of um of how pretty much everything is consciousness expansion when when you when you stop and you think about it because um it's like um um basically you know in a sporting event you have a winner and a loser and um yeah the winner the winner gains consciousness because he gets the confidence he's to prove that he's the best best player but then you have the other guy who lost who gets the he gets the victory of failure which is consciousness expansion because now he's like now he's got the fire lit under him 
He knows what he did wrong. He's never going to make that mistake again. And now he's going to be just that much better uh, the next time. And he's going to be less, uh, he's going to make less mistakes because he, he knows that, that he's going to have, have to work harder. Where, you know, it, it goes both ways. It's like you, you get to decide whether you gain the confidence of winning or do you get that fear of, oh, no, now I'm the top dog. Now everyone's going to beat me or going to, going to strive to beat me. You know, yeah. fear, the fear of the loss the next time. Uh, that, that links with two concepts. Well, I, I, it just brings to mind two things. So one of them is Maya, the concept of play, like life is play. So like literally, I mean, you used a sporting example anyway, but uh, yeah. yeah, but like life is play. So like there is no, the, the purpose is not like win, lose or anything. It's just uh, this whole thing is a dynamic play and it's consciousness of God playing out anyway. So every, if everything is God, then like even some, you know, even dropping an atomic bomb on Hiroshima or Nagasaki is just God playing with itself, which which kind of uh, indicates a lot why there's a lot of indifference to poverty in India, because this is a fundamental religious view, like that, well, why should we help them? Because it's just God and it's just a play and everything is just like, so, like you can take everything to like uh, extremes. Uh, an extreme. Um, but then the other thing, the other way of looking at it is then like, well, what do you value? Are you valuing the winning or are you valuing the experience? Because mm. what does winning even mean? And maybe, exactly. maybe we're just here for the experience. But then, yeah. And, and that's also like a, whether that's you, true or not, it's an extremely useful way. Like that's basically becomes a Buddhist way of viewing life that, um, uh, all you have to do is just accept the experience and separate yourself from the experience and see the experience as transitory and uh, transient. Um, so like in, in uh, Buddhism, like the, one of the key concepts is a nitya. Uh, if you go, uh, well, so if you've ever done Vipassana meditation, um, so Vipassana is like literally translates to like seeing reality as it is. And the key concept is anicca, so which is which just means um, changing. Everything is always changing. So the point of that is like everything is transient, whether it's pleasure. So not good or bad, like pleasurable or displeasurable. The pleasurable, well, don't get attached to that because it's about to change. And the displeasurable, well, don't get don't don't, don't be averse to that. Yeah, because it's about to change. So then you sit in your meditation um, and just observe and experience whatever sensations you have and uh, l label it an itcha. Don't label it anything else. Don't label it good or bad. Just experience it as it is. But if you're going to label it anything, label it an itcha, like changing, changing, changing. It's about to change. So that, for me, like, yeah, so when I did uh, Vipassana, like 10 days Vipassana meditation, that was quite powerful experience because... Um, uh, apart from the fact like you don't talk or you don't make eye contact with anyone, like you don't do anything other than basically meditate, eat and sleep um, for 10 days. The main thing is like the, the main issue that I found was like sitting cross-legged for, for 10 hours a day for 10 days is extremely painful. <laughs> and, and, uh, and actually that was quite good because that, that gave me some, the experience. So so when I yeah. started off, like a part of, so for example, like, you know, on like day one, like, I don't know, my, like my legs were hurting. And then like day two, my, 
my legs stopped hurting, but like now my back was hurting. And then after my back stopped hurting, then my arms were hurting. And then after my arms stopped hurting, then on day four, like my shoulders were hurting. And then on day five, like my neck was hurting. And then on day six, there was like suddenly nothing hurting. And like <laughs> then, boom, I dissolved. There was no pain. But it's not that, it's, it's, it's like throughout this whole process, like, it was just like constantly like the pain is there, but you just let it be. And instead of trying to like adjust my position, you just sit with it and let it be and just observe it because the reaction is in the mind or it's coming from the mind. Like, and we know this from like sports as well, right? Like, like you like, you just like fight through the pain and just keep going. Uh, like uh, if you're a marathon runner or whatever, um, uh, so that's basically what it is. Like, so you just fight through the pain and then like on day six or day seven, when for me, like all of the pain everywhere disappeared, I then felt like I was dissolving. And that was for me, that was like a quite a profound experience. But then I made the fundamental error, which was I then got attached to that pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> and so then on day seven or day eight, was and all the pain came back because now I was like looking for the pleasure um, and trying to avoid the pain. So I then spent the last two days like learning my lesson and realizing that uh, you can't run away from it. Uh, you have to just, you have to treat everything like that. But that also showed another thing, which was uh, like, um, and, and if you listen to, well, uh, let me say the point. For, so like that um, it's a constant effort and constant battle that like you have to constantly move towards like self-realization once you're there you're not necessarily there all the time so like if you listen to like Eckhart Tolle or um or, or, or like Jishnu Krishnamurti or like any of these guys like um a lot of them say that yeah like they've had a taste of it but they're not they're not in that all the time um, yeah. but then there's also a level where you can be in it all the time um, yeah. but then also like for example uh like Sri Ramakrishna, who I mentioned earlier, so he would he he was like uh, he had so much like love for humanity that when he would like look into someone's eyes, he would go into he would get lost in like a god realization immediately so that was interesting as well because i kind of showed that was like um it was extremely impractical basically because <laughs> he'd, <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be talking to someone and he'd look into their eyes and then suddenly he'd be in a trance and he'd fall because like his body would just he's gone like he's not there anymore right now like and then after hours he might come back um and then continue where he was or whatever. But um, that was, that's interesting as well, because it kind of shows this whole thing of like, well, where, where are you? And where, where do you want to be? Like, and where are you? Like, um, do you want to be uh, in con like merged in the unseparated absolute? Or do you, are you trying to do something here and engage in something here so right. um, and that's a personal decision right you have to make that decision yeah 
and, and, and yeah, and and also like yeah, so like the that's like the people who we hear about, like uh, Justin, you were saying about um, you need to come back out of the rabbit hole. So, but a lot of people don't, and you just never hear about them, like because yeah. how can you hear about them? They never came back. So that's a personal decision. But then a lot of, uh, but then a, you, a lot of like the gurus uh, and. Uh, like God realized people or self realized people would then feel like a sense of uh, either like responsibility or they want to share what they've learned with the world to help raise the consciousness of humanity. And uh, which make, reminds me of another book, um, Power Versus Force uh, by David Hawkins. Um, and he basically, like, uh, have you guys heard of it? I've read that book years ago. You've read it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The levels of consciousness. Um, the, that was fascinating as well. Like, and I think he said the example of um, you can have one person at the highest level of consciousness. Uh, like, I don't know, take Dalai Lama or someone. But, or like, you know, Jesus. Uh, and you can have one person at that highest level of consciousness to balance out everyone else in the entire world at a far, far, like, as in like towards the bottom level of consciousness. And in there he defines like zero consciousness as basically inanimate, like dead, inanimate. And then um, I think like a th uh, it's, a it's a logarithmic scale. Um, and then a thousand is like fully self-realized, like merged with God. Right. And then he then he like pointed out like two other thresholds like level two hundred is the level of courage, so basically below the level of courage you tend downwards uh, because you don't have courage and so you um, you tend towards like self annihilation, and then above courage uh, you tend upwards and then it's five hundred and at five five hundred is the level of love. Um, and like above that, then you start like really, like it kind of like becomes a baseline. Like you can't really, you've you've got to this point of love where you can't really go below anymore. So he kind of like made like a measuring scale for consciousness to work out what level you and other people or anything else are at. And then also to test whether something that you're going to do um, is going to help you or not. Yeah, it was a great, great book. I haven't thought about that book in, in years, but I remember it had a big impact on me when, when I initially read it. Hmm. Yeah, so, I, yeah, and we'll, we'll make sure to have the graphic up because I know exactly what you're talking about with the, yeah. uh, the unity consciousness at the top and the uh, yeah. all that stuff. Um, yeah, um, well, I guess uh, not to backtrack a little bit, but I, I think um, uh, just because you said something that I've, I've heard pretty much every... Uh, every person said when they when they did a Vinaspa um, retreat, yeah, Vinaspa uh, retreat for for up to ten days, seven to ten days, um, was the pain that they felt. It was always the pain in in, seat, in, in sitting, and um, and I always thought that physical pain was just such a good um, illusion to overcome. Mm -hmm. and, exactly, uh, exactly. And because everyone always says like by day three to day six was always when the pain stopped and that was like when they had their realization and then the whole thing was to just remind yourself constantly like when you're sitting in a meditative pose like this pain is an illusion it will go away 
And when it does, um, just be patient and all that. And, and the, the change that you were talking about is described in Gnosticism as uh, the principle of rhythm, that everything ebbs and flows. Um, mm-hmm. So everything's in that constant motion. Um, it, but um, what I was getting at with my own personal experience um, with physical pain is that the trick to get around it quicker is through the breath, like 100%. Because mm-hmm. um, I'll bike ride and, um, on this island, and it takes me like about an hour to, to travel around the island if I'm not breathing properly. And then I learned how to breathe properly over the past several months. And, um, and now I can, I cut that time down to 30 minutes. Um, that used to take me like an hour. And it's like, everyone thinks that the pain is what's slowing them down when you're doing a physical activity. And it's, it's not, it's your, it's your breath that's slowing you down. So, so what, what technique do you use? Um, it's, it's Wim, Wim Hof's, okay. uh, breathology yeah. is great. I love just messing around and holding my breath, seeing if I can hit four minutes, five minutes, um, right around four minutes now. Um, um, but Wim Hof's, you know, you just you breathe into your, yeah. into your cells and, um, in particular for me is that I breathe into my mitochondria, which, uh, I yeah. feel like is a more important piece than, cause you, you can't, the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, but which means that you can't have the cell without the mitochondria. The mitochondria clearly came first and it's mm-hmm. been scientifically proven that, that that's the precursor to life. Mm-hmm. And um, the whole thing about DNA that Anthony was telling about, um, that I've been meaning to tell Anthony and I've been so excited to tell him, I'm just gonna use this opportunity now, is that <laughs> the mitochondria has its own DNA. It's within its inner cell membrane. So it, what, it, what, it, what you were talking about is expressed in the, uh, the mitochondria as well. Um, which which is why you know that's where my focus is but when you do the breathing with the wim hop you're when you're cycling you fly and you still feel a little bit of pain but like the the best example of it is it for me is hold your breath and do 20 push-ups which 20 exactly push-ups, yeah, yeah yeah exactly hold your breath and next thing you know like you're at 10 and you're like i'm gonna die like i'm, I'm yeah. the worst thing feeling ever and then you realize it's like everything is, is, is in the breath. Like if you want to do anything, it's in the breath. Your body will figure it out. Your body will overcome the, the physical yeah. if, you're, if it has the oxygen and the energy to do so. Um, yeah. And, um, and that, you know, you're exp- I experienced it in 30 minutes. You experienced it in six days that, that this physical pain is just, a, just yes. phony. It's, it's, it's not real. Yeah. Um, so, so all of this stuff, like for me, like, uh, like I've had this concept of like the perfect human which is not, it's not Hitler's version, uh, but uh, it's like we, it's that whole thing of like, what are these few things that we need to do to, to exactly. get, to like push ourselves to the, like the self-help world says like, you know, your, your, your true potential and whatnot, right? Like, but, but literally it's that, it's like, um, it's not even just like true potential. It's just like, um, optimal functioning of your body and mind like yeah it, um, it, it's just so silly when you see people and they're like at the gym i i'm not saying i didn't do it like you you're yeah. bench pressing you're like i need more muscles so i can do more bench press and it's like no yeah. you need more oxygen so you can do anything better <laughs> yeah and, and it's just one of those like little uh, tricks yeah yeah but so it's kind of like and, and in in fact like it's actually so we were talking about the principles and stuff before right so like i one of my friends is an engineer and um, or he did engineering he's not an engineer now but whenever i discuss things with him i just find it fascinating how like um uh logical and straightforward he thinks like uh, and he just uses like engineering principles so he thinks about like medicine for example and it's like 
um, a lot of this, a lot of the concepts in medicine and the approach to like uh, solving diseases and whatnot, it makes no sense because no. like no. if you use if you use an engineering mindset, you come up with something which makes a lot more sense. And the reason is because uh, an engineer builds a bridge. It's very obvious if the bridge works or doesn't work. So. And so, what you, so the, pro, the, the thinking process is basically you start from absolute first principles. Like, what, what am I trying yes. to do? What am I trying to do? And what are the key variables that are going to influence this? And um, so that's useful for making a bridge and whatever. But actually, forget all that. Like, use the same principle and come back here. So I'm a human. What's the one thing? Like, what's the one fundamental thing that is keeping me alive right now? It's like... Okay, so I have a heart which is pumping blood around my body. If, I, if someone removes my heart from my body or stops my heart, I'll die. All right, so, so okay, so now we've started like at one place. So heart, All right now, what's keeping the heart going? All right, well, so then there's, uh, well, and what's the heart doing? So then like you can start thinking about that like very straightforward and logically and you'll, you will probably end up with some fundamental things like um, oxygen, like heart, lungs, oxygen, blood, water, maybe, water, movement. So you'll probably end up with like a few of these things. And that, so then that, that tells us why like um, the, like it, it, for, um, well, at least in Hin in Hinduism and Buddhism, like the pathway to self-realization is meditation and breath, like meditation and breathing. That's it. Like that's the pathway to self-realization. Uh, and then you end up with like Wim Hof, who's basically like, so I get Wim Hof's emails and stuff. And like um, the other day I saw something about like, yeah, how we're curing Lyme disease. It's like, it's just the same technique. It's just one technique of like breathing and then the cold showers. Um, but it's just that one technique of like breath. Yeah, so, that's, that's and, the funniest part about his, um, his, of his system. You know, he has the, the 10 different things that do 10 different things. But really, it's, it's just the breathing breath. has barely changed in each one. The, the, the biggest difference is for the energy one is that it goes a little bit faster. You have to speed, which basically you're just doing breath of fire. Uh, yeah. um, but that stuff's just all the marketing stuff uh, around it. But, yeah, like you, yeah, he could have only had one breathing system, one video where it's just like, breathe like this, and then just, and then it's just whatever you want to focus on. It's like, oh, you yeah. want more energy? Focus on, on getting the, the oxygen into your mitochondria. Uh, you want more, you know, you want to heal something? Get focus on what hurts and, and breathe into that. And it's just yeah. like, um, but yeah, yeah, the marketing thing, you know, he, he needed to make 10 different videos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but wait, I mean, that's fine, whatever, like he has to eat. But, um, but, but yeah, like actually I was just thinking about it another way. Like, um, like if you want to work out what the fundamental principles are, look at the points of failure. So like, for example, in the bridge example, so like, okay, if the bridge fell down, figure out what, why did the bridge fall down? Like, what was the thing? So with a human, well, how can I kill you? I can strangle you. Um, so how does strangling someone kill them? Well, it stops their oxygen supply, breathing. All right. So what about, what about like shooting you? Um, 
to them. I don't, and I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying stuff now, but like, if I shoot you, then, um, then like, how does that cause you to die? Uh, and, and actually like, if you shoot someone, they don't, they don't always die. Right. So it's not a re- necessarily a reliable source of failure, but there's, so like there's points you can look at there. Um, Anyway, what were you saying, Justin? Uh, I'm, I'm I like just loud right now. Yeah, no, no. I I wanted to add, add on what you were talking about with the uh, the organs, because the organs are a physical representation of basically a highly subjective thing, which is the um, um, the chakra system. And, yeah. Um, you go and you 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 know. I always talk about the chakra systems in relation to the organs, because it's like if somebody's not going to believe me about the chakras, which is to well, me, they know about the organs. Yeah. yeah, they know about the organs, and like so, let's talk about what organs are are located there, are manifested yeah. as the chakra, because that that's, the organs are just physical representation or manifestation of uh, of the chakras. And, and and bring and sorry, just to like uh, add so uh, and uh, everyone from science classes at school knows that like your body is made of atoms and molecules and we know that atoms and molecules vibrate so boom there that's our chakra system frequency and uh, like uh, um uh, um uh association with an organ yeah and, and that's, it. that's literally what it is yeah and it's like it's like there just happens to be more energy focused there and it's like if you don't want to believe that that there's something happens you know there's just, there's literally an organ sitting there so it's like let's just learn about the organ so what you're getting at when you're talking about the heart is let's just start at the at the bottom you literally have that little uh robin's egg gland there um which releases the the kundalini that um which, which literally has every type of um uh hormone or um, I guess hormone is the best best term. You know, every type of fluid down there that, when released and it's proper, it gives you a huge boost of energy because uh, because it because it's a very potent uh, type of hormone down there. Um, when you when you learn how to get it to release, um, and then you just move up to the the, the, the sacrum and, and you, you have your genitals right there. It's like it's like this is being you know this is this is simple stuff. You move up here. You know, there's there's all sorts of organs that you can talk about. You can talk about the, the gallbladder or this, that. Mm-hmm. Really what I focus on is the diaphragm. People don't give enough uh, credence to the diaphragm simply because it's just this, it's basically a, a turkey baster. Um, it's, it's such a simple thing. But it's like, you remove that, you you can live for maybe two minutes without your without your diaphragm. You need that to breathe. Um, yeah. And then you move up and you have the heart and, and you need, you know, the heart pumps, pumps blood. But the, the thing that, that people don't realize is all... Every single spot that I've been talking about um, is an energy factory. You, mm. the, the, you can um, the sacrum releases a huge amount of, of energy through through sex and through um, uh, orgasm, mm-hmm. uh, and you know you release huge amount of energy through uh, your diaphragm. And this is all physical. You know, we're not even yeah. talking about subjective. Even, yeah, yeah. Which which is where like the beauty is because you know you have your willpower, your um, um, solar plexus, and all that stuff, but. You know, your diaphragm releases a huge amount of energy. Your heart, obviously, is releasing a huge amount of energy. Right now, through me talking, my throat mm-hmm. chakra is releasing a massive amount of energy that can affect tons and tons of people. Um, and then, you know, obviously, you know, you get the pineal gland, and it releases all of its um, fluids and stuff. And it's essentially, I treat it just as a projector that just projects out your, your physical reality. And you're, you're really just seeing it inside your brain. Um, and then you have the corpus callosum at the top. And all of these spots... You take out any one of those spots, you're essentially dead. Like, 
like, you know, I take out my, my throat chakra, basically means it's slice my neck open, dead, heart yep. gone dead, diaphragm dead. Um, you're, you're, I mean, you're not creating anything uh, lasting without your sacrum, you know, without mm. your genitals. And mm. then, um, and then if you're able to release your Kundalini um, properly, um, you know, to have that as like a dead thing that that's just not doing anything down there um, is it, just, you know, sucks. It sucks. <laughs> kind of, uh, but it, you know, it all, it all works in, in a cycle. Yeah. So I really liked what you were saying when you were talking about like, you know, you remove one of those things and it's like, you're dead. Yeah. You're, you're, you just, you, you don't have that. Uh, yeah. That energy. And, and so that uh, then, that, that then helps us to think about like, how do we, um, like this this concept of like perfect human or like um, getting the tool in the best working order so that's our framework then like start with that like start with those things so yeah, yeah. and actually yeah perfect ex- perfect like solution that we already have one it's called the chakra system <laughs> so then just let's learn more about the chakra system and yeah and how to and how to keep that in like optimal yeah. working order and then you yeah. can look at it like, uh, I mean, I love systems thinking as well. So like, yeah, I mean, that's perfect. So um, it's one of the things that, that just gets overlooked is every single one of these chakra centers, I said, Hey, they're just, this is just a well of energy. This is how yeah. we create energy. And then you, but no one stops and thinks, well, you know, these seven things are essentially just me. So what does that make me? You're it's just me. energy. You're energy. Yeah. That's all you yeah. are. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, and that's one of the fundamental principles of the, of the universe is, yeah. And then basically you've got the different levels of that, like which you can then investigate. So first start, I mean, and this, this makes me now think about the Hermetics book, right? So yeah, you've got the different levels of working with this chakra system. One is you, you can start with the physical and then, you know, you overlay all those other elements of, so first you've got the physical, then you've got emotional, then you've got, um, um, like the energy level, um and whatever else and then you can start working through this but like the starting point which is obvious and uh easily accessible for anyone is the physical level yeah so we can at least start with that and and yeah like 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 uh, is kind of pointed out in the hermetics book um if you just spend your life focusing on the like physical optimization of the seven chakra points in your body that's probably going to take you like i mean that in itself is going to um improve the quality of your life and your experience of life way beyond um where it currently is just working with that physical level and not doing anything with any of the rest so imagine if you were to even like bring in one more level it would it's like exponential exactly (laughs) and 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 then all the others and all these kind of systems like Wim Hof and Pranayam and all of that, they're only even, they're only even using one of the chakras in the physical section, the breathing part, right? Yeah. Like, willpower. Yeah. So even, even like, so, so when we're saying like, you've got this, so you, you literally got this whole holistic system sitting there and um we have we've seen i mean i don't know if you guys saw you know the 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 kids who were uh, stuck in the cave in thailand 
just yeah. now, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know if you saw the stories, but uh, the so the coach uh, who got them there and who was in there with he, he was he was a monk for twelve years or something like that, or and uh, so um, basically uh, he was doing meditation with them in the cave to keep them alive, essentially, because they didn't have any food. Uh, they didn't have any. So so. Um, so what the boys were saying is like, yeah, we, we, we stayed alive because we were doing deep meditation for all those days. So that's like using one, or if you combine that with breathing, then at most two of the physical level of the chakra system. That's it. <laughs> yeah, and there's, um, I mean, it's... The, the thing that, that Anthony and I, you know, are, are working on now is a, is a course on manifestation. And a lot of our focus has been on uh, the throat chakra and how, and, and how, manif- you know, manifestation through, through, through the, through uh, sound vibration. And um, it's just, a, yeah, I mean, it's nutty that, that there's so many different ways that we can use this, use this stuff. And, and the only ones that get focused on, and it's great that it's being focused on, but it's like, there's so many different avenues of approach mm-hmm. that you can do. And, and the unfortunate thing about the throat chakra is a lot was lost because uh, Sanskrit was lost. And mm-hmm. uh, the, the Druidic language of the of Northern Europe was lost also. So it's like when you lose that, how to actually say our say words properly and stuff um, is lost. You, you do lose a, a huge amount of, um, of that information. Um, mm-hmm. But um but yeah, what what you're saying is 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 on track, and it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to me, yeah, how much more power there is, yeah, available to us. Yeah, but but I think the first step in any of all in all of this, or in, in using any technique, is to re- reclaim your own personal power, right? To say I am God, and not from an egotistical perspective, but from a perspective that say. I command my own reality. Right? Well, the, yeah, I mean, the egotistical thing is is just a false. Uh, um, like it's it, the only reason we're even saying that is because we uh, we have this concept of God as being separate from us and right. as a it's a hierarchy and like God's at the top and we're at the bottom. Like that's just a pure Abrahamic approach to it, which is what makes us then think like it's egotistical to equate ourselves with the person at the top of the hierarchy. Um, so it's like, like even to think of it as egotistical makes no sense whatsoever because it's just, it's just like, um, unless you believe that, yeah, there's like a, um, that there's a separate being controlling everything which is not the way i view it so it's like the if it's that that uh, that power of god is basically like distributed amongst everything in the universe then i have i have that power you know i have like a share of that power or i have access to that power so that's just like and if you remove the word god and you say like i have access to that energy well, there's nothing egotistical about that. That's just like a statement of fact. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the problem. And, and that's something that, that I've talked about a lot is, is to stop using the word God because um, it's, 
fairly clear to me that that there was that especially with the old testament um and and probably some of the sumerian texts is that what they were calling god was probably something else that was just a a being that was just uh more conscious than than us um that, that was explaining things um but it's like so many different people have such a, a different definition of what god is it's like it's just such a useless word at this point and it's like it's like if you're going to talk about you know the god as in totality just say the all and if you're going to talk about you know gods or something like that you know talk, talk in terms of archons or or higher conscious beings or, or whatever but but it's like that that word god just it, it just hits people and they just have such a deep everyone does has such a deep-rooted definition of what god is to them that it's like you really just can't use the word anymore to mean what you want it to mean because mm. people are just going to define it differently inside their brains mm. but yeah but, but i agree with but your point anthony yeah uh another another point about egotism is like uh, my perspective of egotism is egotism is like when, when you're trying to force something and it usually comes from a place of weakness, right? You try and mm. overcompensate for something, right? But as opposed to being in a place of complete faith and knowing, right? And that, and in there, you have complete power over your domain. You can move forward strongly, right? And so I'm just trying to make the distinction between egotism, which you see a lot in the in the, the world all around, especially the corporate mm. world, versus that that knowing that you are God and moving forward with that that power, right? Mm. And, and, and until we can reclaim that and move forward in that manner, mm. um, everything else becomes a, a, a struggle. I mean, it'll mm. still be a struggle, but at least at that point, you're saying that it's almost like, you, you know, that um, the definition of commitment, I forget who, who said it, but basically not until you completely commit to something that's providence set in and everything kind of aligns for you. That That's mm. What I'm talking about, you have to commit and believe and know and move forward, right? Mm. Once you've done, once you have that in place, you don't necessarily need a guru. You you, you have your own true north, and you can follow through with it, right? Mm. And I and think I'd say, that's yeah, the first step. Yeah, I, I'd say that um, uh, that first step is only even open to people who are open-minded enough and to the, you know to decondition themselves well, in the first place. Well, it's it's one of two things, right? That that's one of it, uh, and unfortunately, the way this world works is uh, the other part of it is people have to hit like rock bottom, like have to get like cancer, four yeah. stage cancer or something until yeah. until they say, okay, I have to fucking do this now or I die, right? Yeah, you have yeah. to be facing the grim reaper, like looking him in the eyes to do it. Yeah, yeah. People aren't able to make that change out of love, right? That's yeah. Yeah. So I, I think a, a word that's going to be termed, in, um, or basically, I guess it's a, a term, is, is open-minded skepticism. Um, whereas, like, mm. um, you you have to have an open mind. You have to give everything um, um, its due. You can't just like knock it out without even putting it into your brain. Um, but then, once it's in your brain, you have to decide whether this thing is real or not. I think, yeah, I think you're kind of describing where I'm, where I am at the moment, (laughs) (laughs) questioning everything that I already have in there, but trying to figure out what's the truth. Yeah, Yeah, you need the, you need the baseline of the truth. And that, and that, that's what I'm working on. And that video will come out in the next couple of weeks. I just have one more book or two more books to read, one, (laughs) one to reread. But uh, the one book I'm on right now is called My Big Toe. And basically, it's a it's a theory of the entire universe, including the subjective plane, written by mm-hmm. Thomas Campbell, um, okay. who 
we worked at yeah. yeah it's a, it's a thousand page book um but um, um yeah basically yeah we'll what, read it in a couple of days yeah. <laughs> um the the, the his, you know his, his big thing is he worked with robert monroe back in the 70s right when it first started and, and all that stuff and um, he was a nuclear physicist, so that's where he was coming from. And obviously, since he's writing this book about subjective reality, you know, he he basically had open-minded skepticism about, more so skepticism from the start. But then when he started having experiences that mm. were like, you know, he was going out of body with other people and mm. having similar experiences, then he's like, he's like, there is this whole other universe and, and it's it's completely un, un, untapped. But it, so that's that's kind of like how his uh, how he's structuring everything. So. A, basically i'm using his book to just to clarify just to make sure that i'm hitting all the points um mm. basically with gnosticism um because uh basically there there's these seven or eight nat natural laws of the universe and um and just since we're, we're talking about it these are this is how the game how the rules are and 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 um and we've gone over a few of them like principle of rhythm principle of vibration as above so below and they're all in this hierarchy and stuff and and um um, when you know these things and you can apply and, and you know how to apply them, um, suddenly everything just starts making sense. Like when somebody starts saying change, you know, I'm like, principle, uh, you know, principle of rhythm. Mm -hmm. Like I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, but then you start applying them to this matrix and you, you just start making money. You just start, things just start working out. You, you don't care about things that, that used to ir like irk you. Like, um, for me, I was running short on cash recently and I was like, Oh, like, you know, I was starting to get feelings that you were talking about. And, and I was just like, eh, I'm just going to keep doing my breathing because I know that currency is just energy and my breathing gives me energy. I'm going to say that those two things are the same thing, just because one's physical and one's uh, subjective is, mm -hmm. doesn't matter to me. Um, and I was kept doing my breathing and then, and then it was like, boom, you know, uh, somebody, I like, you know, I do those email things. And I make money off those email things. Mm -hmm. and, I didn't even like seek out the job. Like somebody just contacted me. I was like, Hey, I have this email written for you. So you don't even have to write it. Just send it. Here's $5,000. And it's just like, to send it. Yeah. Just send it. And it's like, okay, boop, boop, uh, wait for the money to hit. I'm like, he's not going to pay me. <laughs> and it hits. And it's just like, um, and, and that's how this stuff works is it. And it, you know, the, the thing is, is like, it's like, I say that and it's like, it's like everyone takes that as I'm not doing any work. Like, cause they're not, they're not like but the work is, uh, it's, you're doing it. You're doing work at a different level. Yeah. yeah. I'm doing the breathing. I'm doing the believing in it. I'm doing the deprogramming to make it, make it so like, you know, and no one can see that cause it's all happening in here. It's all happening at four o'clock yeah. in the morning, every morning, waking up and doing the breathing exercises. And, um, um, it's just, uh, I don't know. It, it, it's weird stuff happens when you separate yourself out, out from the society. Like yeah. I moved out to this island and the amount of change over the past three months has been just absurdly ridiculous. I, I would say that it, it's, um, it's something that I think everyone should do is, is to get a, a far away for a little bit mm. and like from everyone and <laughs> <laughs> just a, and, and, you know, just focus on, on reading and stuff. And he, I mean, it, it's just been great. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. So pick one up. I think it's uh, 10 minutes to game time. So I'm, England, I'm, I'm sure you're itching to. Uh, I just want to say, I just want to say one last thing from, from what you just said, Justin, cause you reminded me of, I think this is also from the David Hawkins book, this concept of um, basically that um, what you described, right? So there's, 
let's say there's like there's like um, uh, like a course of action, right? Which goes from like A, which leads to B, which leads to C, right? So what we can see in the physical world is that oh, I, this guy did A, then B happened, and then C happened. Um, so what we can see is A, B, C. That's visible, right? Um, A to B to C. But um, but the, in the invisible realm, which is in your mind your thought process could have been focusing on like the result abc right Not this, a, yeah. B, but the result and i he had he, this guy termed it and i don't remember the terms but um uh so what you're doing is you're focusing on the invisible which is the quantum. within yeah. right yeah. the quantum at the quantum level and then uh, in the physical world, people go like, how the hell did this guy go from like doing jack shit to like suddenly getting this money coming in? And it's like, how did A go to B go to C? It makes no sense. Like he didn't even do anything. And it's like, yeah, well actually you did because you were focused on ABC and you were influencing that at the quantum level. So it's just, yeah. like, just like that, that test tube I told you about where they put um, the electromagnetic field around it and DNA appeared. Same. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pull it out of the quantum. And the, the major issue of, of all that is, is twofold. It is one, you have on the positive side, you have somebody who really truly wants to help other people and just doesn't understand that he's doing that in his head and that mm -hmm. nobody else is. So you have this billionaire and he's like, he's trying to help other people. And he's like, the guy oh, wrote this book and it's going to help all these people because this is what I did, not realizing that his mindset is so different. And that's what, right. that's what happens when you talk to pentamillionaires and, and, and up there and billionaires and stuff is you talk to them and they sound different than other people. And it's mm -hmm. the money didn't make them different. Like they, they, they're thinking differently and that, and that's yeah. how the money's flowing to them faster. And, yeah. But then you have on the other, on the negative end of that spectrum is people who, who go, uh, Oh, this is my advantage. And I am fully aware that my mind is doing something different and I am not going to tell anybody about it. Cause I don't want to lose my advantage. And mm -hmm. the, the, then you have like the, the purpose, purposeful, you know, distortion of what, of what, how they actually got their stuff. And then, there's those two dichotomies. And so that's the whole thing is like, is it's awesome when, you know, your brain starts working properly, but the biggest thing is, is being able to explain it to other people in such a way that they understand you and, uh, yeah. and, and to, to not leave any stone unturned uh, in that process. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's really hard because you, you realize how much is lost in translation and you're like, we're, we're both speaking the same language. What do you mean? It's like, <laughs> no, we are not. Yeah. I will do my best to to explain what's going on in here, but yeah, uh, yeah, and it, it is just it's nutty. But um, man, I'm having a good time talking to you, Victor. It's, yeah. it's always good. Yeah, that's been fun. I'll be up for this again. Uh, yeah, we've got so much ground we can cover. Yeah. It's, it's it's almost two hours, and it went by like uh, literally feels like ten minutes. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you almost uh, you almost made me forget about the fact that England is about to beat Belgium. So. Yeah, but but again, it's only for third place, so does it really matter? <laughs> it matters if I think it matters. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, and it, yeah, that, I mean, we're just jumping down another rabbit hole is that whole time is illusion thing. It's like it's just proven when you go two hours and you know, and you're yeah. just you're like, it's man, just I got yeah, it's it's, it's uh, yeah. Yeah, but what's important for me is uh, to do this stuff in practice because yes. I spend a lot of time thinking about it and talking about it and reading about it and thinking and blah blah blah. But then, yeah, the thing hap the the change happens. Well, I mean, the thing. Well, we just we just gave an ex a whole 
argument as to why the thinking actually is also doing. Thinking <laughs> is, the, is the 99%. Yeah. So yeah, thinking is as the, long as you're thinking about it, you're, you're reprogramming your mind. Whereas like, yeah. I mean, the, the beauty, I mean, I always just tell people is just go and, 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 and watch an entire season of Game of Thrones. Just watch an entire season of Game of Thrones and then think about what you're thinking about. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be 100% Game of Thrones. You're going to yeah. try meditating oh. there. And you're going to be like, you're going to be like dragons and shit. Yeah. Yeah, and, it's and like then, the standard thing of like, don't think of an elephant. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then the next day, just just do the exact opposite. Don't don't watch any TV. Don't don't do anything. Don't read anything. And then see what you think about. It. And you you yeah. you'll instantly go into that state of yeah. you know just being observant and stuff. And yeah. Uh, so as long as you're thinking about it and and it's going around in circles, like that's better than yeah. Um, one last thing to close with. Yeah. That's <laughs> You remind me of a, you remind me of another experiment which was done where basically they asked a bunch of basketball players to um, uh, to so they split them into three groups. One group would actually go and physically take shots. This sounds uh, familiar. You, you gotta, yeah, this you is, this is in our goal setting course. Oh really? Yeah, you okay. you know that. Is that, where you, is that where you ripped it off from? <laughs> so, so yeah. But so so one, yeah, explain it. Explain. Yeah. So um, uh, uh, yeah, I have to admit I I I I've I, I, yeah I still need to do the course. So um, <laughs> so thanks for the reminder. Yeah, but yeah, so yeah, one group will actually go and take the shots. The other uh, second group will um, think about taking shots, and the third group will do nothing. Um, and then, and then after like whatever it was X number of days, um, then they, uh, so they basically like see the difference between these three groups, like before and after and, um, the group, which was thinking about taking the shots did better than the group, which was actually taking the shots because the group who was thinking about taking the shots could think about getting it in every single time. So they, they were creating their own reality. Yeah. Insane. That was exactly what uh, what we came to in, in yeah. our conclusion. Also, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think there, there's a couple. There's another thing about that experiment too that that's interesting is um, the 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 shooters who who didn't even think about it either. And this is just yeah. an example of consciousness just naturally expands. Um, is they also improved not that much, not anything statistically significant, but they still slightly improved. So it's like there's uh, there always is this this expansion, expansion. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that, it, that's a great example. Uh, yeah, a good experiment. So now I'm gonna go and uh, fire my mirror neurons by watching uh, watching an England match and think about uh, scoring some goals. Yeah, just uh, yeah, think about it and watch all the goals that get scored because you're yeah. thinking. But just remember that there's a million other Belgian people that are that are doing the exact opposite that you have to compete against. Yeah, so we that's just where the battle is happening. We just need the whole of India to pray, basically. <laughs> then we have one billion people praying. That yeah. would be something yeah. truly amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, Vikram, it's been awesome. Um, it's been great catching up in the discussion in regards to consciousness, self-realization. And the steps we need to take to move us towards that have been um, a bit enlightening. Really, really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Thank yes. you. I look forward to round two and four yeah. and three million. Yeah. Yeah. yeah whenever you're <laughs> ready, man. Whenever you want. <laughs> yeah. You have an you have an open invitation to come back anytime you want. Yeah. Many thanks. Yeah. All right. Cool. Go England. Go All right. See you, guys. Croatia. <laughs> See, See you. Man. See you, man. Right.